Star Wars 7x7, episode 923. Today I'm looking at a tie-in story to Catalyst and Rogue One. It's called Voice of the Empire, and I've got the scoop right here. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and Voice of the Empire is a short story that is published in Star Wars Insider number 170, just came out not too long ago. It's by Murr Lafferty, and unlike previous short stories that have appeared in Star Wars Insider that purport to tie into other Star Wars media, this one definitely does tie a lot closer, and in this case it ties in to Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel, and also not to the movie, strangely enough, they actually specifically call out the novelization of Rogue One by Alexander Freed. I think it's fair to say that it ties into the movie as well. And it ties in in the sense that Catalyst ties in, in that there is a character who appears in the story who also appears in Rogue One. And the stuff that he's working on comes to a culmination in Rogue One. That character would, of course, be Orson Krennic. And this is probably the point at which I should give you the spoiler warning. So if you have not read this story and you don't want it spoiled for you, then I would say save this podcast for a later date. However, if you don't mind being spoiled or if you've already read it, then let's just continue on. The story in brief is this. We're behind the scenes with Net News, and that in itself was pretty exciting right off the bat for me to see the media world inside Star Wars and also to see essentially a propaganda situation, how media is being manipulated in the Empire. And it is being manipulated. There's reference to a Wookiee revolt story, or at least that's how it's referred to by the new Imperial Editor-in-Chief, and that rankles this one investigative reporter who is the main character of our story. And she reflects on how that piece was heavily edited by Imperial censors and that the main point of the story had been removed and that she'd been frustrated enough that she'd nearly quit over the issue. But she did in fact stay, and she's being urged to stay by her mentor, the old editor-in-chief, who seems to be being forced out. And there's a secret communication that that old editor-in-chief manages to get to this star reporter. It's hidden inside a tiny little camera droid, a droid that is only good for recording but not for transmitting because Imperial censors want to control what actually goes out on the airwaves, another media propaganda situation. And along with this message are instructions on how this reporter, when she is on air, can seed in special code words and tie it to certain hand gestures on screen that will let people watching it know how to interpret extra messages that she's hiding inside her report. Thankfully for her, she was allowed to use her own script for the story that she had to report in this particular short story that we read, as opposed to the ones that the Imperials gave her for the story, which is basically a puff piece around the Imperial Ball on Coruscant, a lovely gala that takes place on the evening of Empire Day. Our protagonist, the reporter Calliope Druth, has to report on who's who at the Imperial Ball, all the movers and shakers that are there, and also what designers they're wearing, too. This leads to a great side conversation in which she's getting a couple of Imperial officers increasingly drunk and asking them who designed Orson Krennic's cape. 
which is a pretty hysterical meta joke when you think about how fandom pretty much went nuts over Orson Krennic's cape during the course of Rogue One promotion. And eventually when Calliope comes face-to-face with Orson Krennic, one of the things she says is, I just found out your tailor's name. Do you know that you're setting fashion trends? So I thought that was very well played by Mer Lafferty in writing this story. And... Yet there is something else going on subtext-wise, because as she's getting these Imperial officers liquored up, these side officers that have been working on projects with Krennic, as it turns out, Calliope's also discovered something very troubling. First of all, that Krennic is actually a war hero, although the officer who reveals this to Calliope can't say why. And this would appear, in theory, to be a reference to some of the events that happened in Catalyst because of the incidents that happened at various engineering facilities throughout the galaxy where he had different teams holed up and compartmentalized and working in secret on pieces of the Death Star project. And the official stories were that in some cases they were attacked by separatist cells and that he had to fight back against them, that sort of thing. When, of course, the reality was is that he was having them massacred, basically, so that there were no witnesses to tell and put the pieces together about what was going on with the Death Star project. But the other thing that gets revealed is that one of the officers received a promotion because he stumbled upon a cache of kyber crystals on Jeddah. And naturally, the Imperials are mining as much of it as they can. And this is information that Calliope can then write her script about in code and report to people who might be watching, rebels who might be watching, and need to know this kind of information to try and find out exactly what the Empire is up to on Jeddah. Now, this was the one thing that, for a timeline thing, I was a little puzzled about, because... According to Matt Martin, the timeline for when this story actually takes place hasn't been officially established. He imagines that it's during the latter half of the novel Catalyst. If that's the case, then it would suggest that the Empire has been mining kyber crystals on Jeddah for as much as 15 years prior to the events of Rogue One. Now, on the one hand, 15 years, okay, I guess that could make sense when you make the argument that they decided to blow up Jeddah or take a you know test run of the Death Star on Jeddah because they figure 15 years, okay, yeah, we've probably mined everything that there is to be mined out of it. On the other hand, if the Empire has really been mining on Jeddah for as long as 15 years prior to the start of Rogue One and there was a reporter on Holonet News who got a coded message out to the Rebels to investigate what's going on on Jeddah 15 years prior to Rogue One, You'd think that the Rebels would have known something or figured out something about this rumored planet killer a lot sooner than they did. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe there were situations like, oh gosh, you know, the Bothans who were trying to get the plans for Death Star 2 over to the Rebels and many Bothans died to bring them the information. Well, maybe there were many spies who tried to confirm what was going on with the kyber crystals on Jeddah and they got killed for their trouble and the Rebellion never pieced it together for 15 years. That would be pretty amazing in a pretty long time and you would think the rebels would possibly dedicate more and more resources and put a little more importance on the fact that they weren't able to verify this information especially if agents were getting killed trying to find this out but yeah now i guess we're approaching headcanon it feels like there's a little too much to fill in there so yeah that timeline situation didn't quite work for me but it's a mild complaint, all things considered. The story itself, I thought, was really compelling and packed a lot into its six pages in Star Wars Insider. So if you have a chance to check it out, then please do. All right, that's going to be it for Voice of the Empire. And I've got a trivia question for you after the break. So stay tuned. 
Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, I asked you last time what command Ray first gave when she was trying to pull off the Jedi mind trick on that First Order Stormtrooper. Here it is. You will remove these restraints and leave this cell with the door open. I will remove these restraints and leave the cell with the door open. Yeah, and I love the way that Stormtrooper straightens up before he responds to her Jedi mind trick. Daniel Craig in that Stormtrooper uniform, of course. In today's question, what is the other command she gives him as he's on his way out? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you become a spy for the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7X7. It's not a night at the space opera, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.